God is good. Once you tell that person you're sitting beside, I'm thankful for you. Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving such a great time. It's my favorite time of the year. Have y'all heard me say that before? Favorite time of the year. And uh, maybe maybe you you didn't have a chance to get your Thanksgiving offering. Uh, to go into our missions funds, and, and uh, our offering was a little bit lower than we typically, and I know we've had a lot going on, but listen, till the end of the year, there's these brown envelopes will be out in the foyer, and you can give, and then tonight is a very exciting night for the ladies, tonight is pie night, and I was told this morning that the address is not on the app, so if you don't know where Michelle's house is, we need someone to add the address onto the app. You already got it? You did it? Come on, girl. All right. Way to go, Haley. Uh, and so uh, we, we got that done. So tonight is going to be a good night. Listen, I, I, I want to tell you I'm not going to be long, but I might because I'm so excited. <laughs> but my message is not long, but I still might be long. I, I'm really excited about what I feel in this house this morning. I really felt like last Sunday when the Lord woke me up at 430 in the morning and said, I'm bringing a fresh fire to the house, and I feel it all throughout the week this week, and and I really excited about. It. I feel it here this morning. I feel like God is speaking some things, and uh, and speaking over some folks this morning. God's got some great things in store for you, and and I want you to learn how to capture or to receive what God wants to give, and it's important that you understand how to get in a position to receive what God has. Uh, you know. April said it well this, uh, this morning is that when things happen in our life, we can, we can take the thing that's happened and, de- and, we can, and we can decree negative things over our life. Or we can take the opportunity of things that are happening in our life and decree that God's going to do a miracle. And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. That God's going to do a miracle in my life. That God's going to take this thing in my life and he's going to show the goodness of God through it. How many believe that God wants to do that? Yes. Amen. So, you know, at this time of the year, it's a Thanksgiving time. It's a time of rejoicing. It's a time of Thanksgiving and, and just loving. And I, I love, love, love this season. When I got up this morning and uh, Angela was uh, this morning, she said, oh, it's so cold. And I said, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. I love the cold weather. And uh, so I did get up and put the heater on for her, though. So when she got up, she would be warm because I'm a good husband. And so, uh, but, but. You know what? It's it, it's I love I love walking outside and feeling that cold, crisp air. I love this time of the year, but I think I love it most because my heart is so set upon giving God glory. Amen. And so we focus on him and all that God has done in our lives and our focus is upon that. So this may, though, have not been the best year of your life. It may not have been the best year of life. Matter of fact, I know because I pastor you wonderful people that there's been some disappointments this year. There's been some, some things that have been heartbreaking. There are some things that have been disappointing, and, and you've felt the pain of that. But I want to assure you this, that God has been faithful through it all. Amen. He's been faithful through it all. It may not have been the best year. You may have said, well, I, I, I understand that there's some things that I need to say thank you, Lord, for. And sometimes, let's just be honest. Can we be honest? Sometimes it's sometimes difficult to get out of your head and recognize the things because you're in the middle of the storm, as Pastor Angela said this morning. 
And we have so much to be thankful for. And it's so easy to get distracted by the things that are not going the way we expected them to go. And we can find ourselves questioning God. And I want to say this morning, when I was growing up, they'd always say, don't question God. I just don't think that's realistic. I think there's been times in my life I said, why, God? Why? I don't understand God. And God sometimes gave me an answer and sometimes he didn't. But one thing I know that in the middle of it all, even when I didn't understand, God has been faithful. He's been faithful. You heard the story of Lazarus and how that his sister sent for Jesus and and said, come because Lazarus was sick and he's sickened to death. and, and, And we know that you need to come. But it was a few days before Jesus arrived uh, to where Mary and Martha was. And, and they had said to Jesus, had you just come sooner? Had you just come sooner? I, this would have all been different. But when we look back in Scripture in John 11, let's turn there. In John eleven three, in verse uh, 3 through 4, he said, So his sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, our brother Lazarus, the one you love. Lord, the one you love. (laughs) We know you love him. And so we're calling because we have a relationship with you, Lord. You've been in our house. You've ate at our table. We're your friends. Mary was at the feet of Jesus. She's the one that broke open the alabaster box and, 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 and took her hair and wiped his feet. So, Lord... Our brother Lazarus, the one that you love, is very sick, so please come. How many have prayed a prayer like that before? Please come, Lord. And when he heard this, he said, This sickness will not end in death for Lazarus, but will bring glory and praise to God. This will reveal the greatness of the Son of God by what takes place. This sickness will not end in death. But as we know, as the story goes on, that this sickness did end in death. And Jesus is now, uh, 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 he, he had already made this declaration, this sickness will not end in death. Now, let's not get confused with our theology here this morning. I don't want anybody to get the idea that God made Lazarus sick so that he could be glorified. That's not the way God works. But sickness comes in our life. Life happens. Everybody say life happens. And, life, and God knows that life is going to happen in our life. God knows that, that, that we're going to have a back go out, April. God knows that there's going to be an upset in, in the situation. Life happens. And God was aware that life was going to happen. So let's not get confused that God said, I'm going to make Lazarus sick so now that I can get glory. But, but Jesus understood that because Lazarus is sick, there's going to be some glory that's going to come out of this situation. So when Jesus arrived and Lazarus was dead, he was not surprised. He wasn't like, oh, mm, I guess I should have come a few days earlier. He was aware of the situation. And there are things in our life that we can't explain and we don't have answers for, and they can become a distraction to steal our joy and to keep us from having a heart full of joy and praise and thanksgiving. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 
He said, let the joy, let, let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. In the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you and Christ Jesus. There are three things that we need to focus on in every situation in our life, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether we're on the mountaintops or we're in the valleys, whether we're in the storm or not in the storm. There are three things that we need to focus upon, and that is these three things. Limitless joy. Everybody say limitless joy. Limitless joy. Come on, lim- uh, 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 just, just come on, more joy, more joy, more joy, limitless joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is what? My strength. strength. So I need to have limitless joy. Number two, praying continually. Never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Number three, giving thanks to God no matter what happens. When we're at our worst moment in our life, that's a good time to take a praise break. Come on, it's so easy when things are going well to take a praise break. But what about when things are going bad? When things are going bad, it's when we need a praise break more than when things are going good. When things are difficult, it's when we need a praise break more than when things are going good. We need to learn how to take a moment in the midst of the storm and say, thank you, God, because I know out of this storm, we're going to see something amazing happen. Because you never, never, never not show up. There's power that comes when we give God thanks in our suffering. We often only give God thanks after receiving something that we see as good. You know, I, I want to say this morning, I don't mean for this to be ugly, but us Americans are so spoiled. We're just spoiled. We, we, don't, we have no clue what it is to be persecuted. We think if somebody calls us a name, oh, I've been persecuted. Give me a break. We're, we're, we're so spoiled. We've been so blessed. There's, listen, under the sound of my voice right now, none of us has really, any of us, experienced any real persecution. I hate to tell you that. I know that you want to feel like you've been persecuted once or twice in your life. But we never experienced real, real, serious persecution. And we've been blessed. But because of that, any little hiccup that comes along, because we're so spoiled, you know, any little hiccup that comes along, it's like, you know, it's like kids at, at, at Halloween. You know, they get all the candy at Halloween and, and then they've been eating candy and you can see their eyeballs floating around their head and they're hanging off the ceiling. And then you take the bag of candy from them and you say, that's enough. Ah! You took my candy. Wait a minute. You've already had 400 pieces. And that's how we are. We're like a bunch of grown-up babies. And, our, and, and I, I, maybe I'd be a little mean, but, but we're like a bunch of grown-up babies. And, and we have so much going on. And then, and then God takes our candy away from us for a minute, and we fall apart. Yeah. Anybody here this morning? Yeah. We need to learn how to go through things in life and still rejoice. And still be blessed. I was thinking last Sunday, I was sitting here on the front row and Pastor Joel up here speaking the word of God and speaking faith. And I haven't been through what he's been through this year. I haven't come so close to death that they'd already call the family and say, I, he probably won't make it this time. Twice this year. Twice this year. 
but he's still saying, man, God is good and God is faithful. And he's, we went to the restaurant and he said, look, we, we, we prayed over our family again outside the restaurant. And he speaks the word of faith, even though his own body is fighting. We got to learn how to rejoice in our suffering. Is anybody here this morning? We got to learn how to have a little praise break when things are stinking. And when we, when we don't feel it when, it, when it's not the best time or it's the best location or it's the best situation because in the middle of our suffering, God is good. Come on, let's do that right now. Let's give the Lord a little praise. The Apostle Paul had a different approach. He said, in everything, give thanks. In imprisonment, give thanks. In shipwreck, give thanks. When you're being beaten, give thanks. And in all kinds of adversity, give thanks. What Paul went through, most of us would find is tragic and unbearable. But in the midst of it all, he said, in everything, give thanks. Paul's trust was not in the things of this world. He had his focus on the things above and God and a God who was faithful. He redirecting his focus. I'm not focusing on the negativity. I'm not focusing on the problem. I'm focusing on the God who can who can take care of every situation. And in him, I'm going to give thanks. In Romans 8, 28. He said, so we're convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan and to bring good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. It is so important, church. Come on. It is so important to know who we are. It's so important, Christy, to know who you are. That you're a child of God. So it don't matter what's going on. I know who my daddy is. I don't matter what the situation is. I know who my daddy is. But when all of hell comes against you, it's okay. Because I know who my daddy is. And because I know who my daddy is, I know who I am. And because I know who I am in the middle of my suffering, in the middle of my pain, in the middle of my circumstances, I can still give God praise. Because I know, I know without a doubt that he's working. He's working. It's so important to know who we are in Christ. And that's why we learn how to, we learn how to walk in our true identity so that when I, when, when I live out my life purpose and I'm doing what God has called me to do and trouble happens on every side, I can still say, God, you are good and you're working for our good. He's a good daddy. Come on, he's a good father. Anybody with me this morning? I want you to say you're a good daddy. Tell him, you're a good daddy. You're a good daddy. You're a good daddy. Heather, you can come. Great is his faithfulness. I love that song. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. 
new mercies I see. My, my, my. Every day I get up and there's manna on my doorstep. I don't deserve manna, but you love me, God. And morning by morning, you mercy for me, God, and I need your mercy. All that I need and all that I ask for, God, you come to give. Great is thy faithfulness. When I'm sick, you're good. When I'm blessed, you're good. When things are going great, God, you're good. You're faithful morning by morning. New mercies, I see. He's good all the time. And every promise that he's made will come to pass. I want you to listen to me this morning. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about the promises that's been spoken over your life. Come on, I want you to close your eyes across this room and I want you to think about the things that have been prophesied over you. Think about the word that you heard in a quiet time driving down the road or in your prayer closet or wherever you was that you heard the whisper of God and he whispered something into your life and maybe that has not come to pass yet but I'm telling you his promises are yea and amen. In 2 Corinthians 4, So we're persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. And we have been knocked down, but we're not out. There may be some times in your life where you've been knocked down, but I'm going to tell you something today, my friend. You're not out. There may have been some times in your life where you struggled. There may be some times in your life where there's been difficulties in your life, but I want to tell you, God's coming through for you. And there's a miracle on the other side of your mess that's going to that's going to change your life. And God has made a promise to you and his love is faithful. And I'm going to tell you this morning, your Lazarus is not dead. Your Lazarus is not dead. He's just sleeping. And God's about to speak some things into your life and he's about to call your Lazarus forth and he's about to bring that the Lazarus out of the grave and he's going to look to you and say, loose him and let him go. And there's going to be a time in your life that's coming soon that you're going to have to step up and say, God, I'm going to loose the things in my life that have been bound and I'm going to walk in the goodness of God. You're a faithful God. I might be in prison but it won't stop my praise. I might be in the midnight hour in prison, but it's not going to stop my praise. And as I begin to worship, as I begin to give thanksgiving to God in the midst of my storm, I can see, I can see chains breaking. I can see the handcuffs falling off. I can see doors opening up. Shackles falling. There's things begin to shake. The earth begins to move. And the prison doors of my life begin to swing open. Somebody needs to tell the devil this morning in your declaration. Satan, you can't stop my praise. You can't stop my worship. 
You can't stop my thanksgiving. You can't steal my joy. You're not going to have my peace. You're not going to take away my prosperity. You're not going to take away the blessing out of my life. Devil, you can't stop my praise. You can't stop my praise. It belongs to me. It's been declared over me. It's been spoken over me. And you can't have it. It's mine. And you may be in a prison this morning and you may, you may not be feeling just like that moment where you want to run through a troop and leap over a wall. But if you will declare this morning, I'm going to praise anyway. I'm not going to let my situation... I'm not going to let my situation determine my worship. I'm going to praise. And God is going to receive the glory.